0: The blast from our past network. Hard right. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity
1: so now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, of Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld, back to back to back to back. Because we love Seinfeld, you love Seinfeld. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today I'm a fan of shoes, my man.
0: <laughs> Botticelli shoes, baby.
1: Botticelli shoes, which are a real brand of shoes that I checked in. They're an Italian made, expensive ass shoe.
0: Oh, good. I'm I'm you know, the last episode I was curious with all the restaurants and everything, if like if those were real. And then this episode I wasn't quite sure if the botticellis were real, but they are. And that's they what are. that's why everyone is so Okay, okay, now I get it. And they're
1: expensive, right? They are- expensive. they are like handcrafted italian shoes basically okay if if I wanted to buy a pair just looking around here just very cheaply, about five hundred dollars for their cheapest, holy shit,
0: <laughs> yeah, so no well, what's wonder the Elaine... most,
1: what's the most hmm. you ever spent on shoes? God, not that much. I'm like a <laughs> fifty dollar <laughs> shoe <laughs> like, I don't spend much on my shoes, yeah. I think I had to, like, really buy, like, a nice pair of snow boots when I was living in Denver, and that was a little bit more. But that's it. Like, that's the that's the only reason I would spend more is because I needed to walk in the snow. Um, but besides that, man, I, I, I just – I buy them cheap, and I use them up, and then I use them to death while they're barely clinging on to my fucking feet. And then I'll get – and then I'll buy the next one.
0: <laughs> gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Shoes are utilitarian for you then. Yes. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, well – First, let's tell everybody we are talking, obviously, about the episode (laughs) entitled The Shoes, Season 4, Episode 15. It first aired on February 4th, 1993. Corey, could you please please give us your the synopsis, and then could you give us uh, the highest price you've paid for shoes? Of course. <laughs> um, the shoes. Jerry and George lose their TV
0: pilot after sneaking a peek at the NBC executive's daughter's cleavage. That was a mouthful. Just yep. like the cleavage.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, Corey. Oh, Corey. Um,
0: Elaine thinks everyone's obsessed with her Botticelli shoes. Yeah. And they are, dude. I, I like good shoes. Like I like Adidas and whatnot. But I will always buy them on sale. So mm-hmm. I'll buy them for like you know a little bit less than a hundred. I'll pay like eighty or ninety for a nice pair of shoes. But I have a hard time paying more than a hundred for something. You know, like that. I yeah. just I'm like you know what you're gonna walk on it. It's gonna get destroyed no matter how nice you keep it. It's hard to say I'm gonna pay a hundred dollars for something that's literally gonna be destroyed.
1: Yeah, and and I, I have made the mistake where I've bought, like, Walmart tennis shoes before, and they got torn up within the first week, and they were utter shit. Now, granted, they were cheap as fuck. They were, like, 20 bucks. You do but get what you pay for with shoes. Yes, and so I've realized I like that kind of, like, yeah, that New Balance uh, kind of era or area of, you know, $50, $60, Yeah, probably more like, yeah, like the $50 ones, yeah. and that's what I'll pay for, and they will still tear up fairly quickly, but not, not like, Like, Walmart and cheap shit, though. Right.
0: But, so, all that being said, um, I have the potential. If we ever make that last podcast on the left money (laughs) – Mm -hmm. I have the potential to go crazy with shoes because I do (laughs) like me some zany shoes. I think that Uh, I love shoes. I just never had had the expendable income as an artist to really dive into my shoe fetish. And uh, hopefully one day I will. One day. You want that shoe money, baby. I do want that shoe money, baby. (laughs) Papa needs a new pair of shoes.
1: Let's give these people what they want so maybe they'll want to (laughs) give us some money. How about that? Instead of talking about other random shit that they don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we start this episode with a stand-up about uh relationship beginnings.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, dude. The the basic problem with the beginning of the relationship <laughs> Relationship? Sorry. <laughs> relationship? <laughs> May i have to keep that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, oh, here we go. The basic problem with the beginning of the relationship, I think, Jerry says, is that each person has their own sexual timetable of what you know, should happen when... He's like, uh, that other person knows nothing about. He's like, that's why I think we need some sort of sexual rule book where it's written down and agreed upon. Sexual standard, you know, dating procedures. You know what I mean. He's like, so if there's any problems, you can go. he, and he actually takes out a small book, which is funny. He's like, look, honey. He's like, I- I'm very sorry, but we've been out there out three times, and according to Article 7, Section 5, there's got to be some physical t- contact, as you can see. He's like, otherwise, I'll have to report you to the board and uh and
1: you can put out a warrant for your embrace i was like ah, as clever ish it felt pretty flat to me it was okay i mean yeah uh, it, it was eh
0: eh you know what and and by the way side note reading this transcript like sort of cold not having written it down it is harder for me to to follow it like i think i'm gonna have to go back to handwriting it
1: Oh really? <laughs>
0: yeah, it just it didn't it didn't click with me as easily as, as okay. when I actually handwrite it, which really sucks because I do have to like pause it and basically yeah. transcribe the entire you know monologue. Yeah,
1: which is interesting though. Like when I was in college, um, I had to you know I, I had a laptop. I would never do my notes on a laptop. I always hand wrote my yep. notes and it, it sunk in much better. Yeah. And, and dude, so I, yeah. I
0: do that with like, like, um, you know, podcasts after dark and whatnot, you know, when you break down a movie and you know, but like I, I literally have 10 pages of paper, you know, right here in yeah. my hand.
1: Yeah. I used to hand write my notes for blast from our past. That is until I realized even I can't read my own handwriting and I <laughs> it was just getting so bad. So I had to switch typing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> All right. You should be able to read your own notes, buddy. It's, every episode I had to do some editing to like dance around, um, These huge sections where I couldn't, I can't even read my goddamn handwriting. So I just, I switched to typing and I was like, yeah, I'm better off for that. And you know what's funny?
0: We weren't even talking about this for this reason, but this episode starts with George and Jerry uh, working on the script. And I, my first note is handwriting the script is hardcore. I was like, dude, guys, (laughs) like you're not even working on a laptop right there. They are just writing the script on a piece of paper.
1: In 92, laptops weren't super huge at the time. That but, is true. They, you know, and but they he did. Jerry did have a computer, so they could have been typing it into some kind of word processor at the time. Or yeah. Something, but. Uh, all right. So, yes. So they're working on the pilot. Thank you for steering us back into Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and they're trying to, like, work in how can they work in this, you know, the Elaine character. And they realize pretty really quickly they can't write for women. And they're uh, they're just like eh, this is a scrapper. We're just not going to put her in. It's <laughs> kind of funny. I like um, that. I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah, it is kind of funny. And then I'm not a writer, but I would imagine it's, it's hard to write for some more, someone that you have no idea what their experience is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and the way this episode plays out, I, they keep tuning into that and I love it. <laughs> yep.
1: All right. Uh, in comes Kramer. He gets a decent sized cheer. Um, he, uh, tells Jerry that he ran into his old flame, Gail Cunningham. Um, Which I had to check because I was like, have we seen her before in this show? No, this is the only episode that she appears in
0: I thought maybe this was a character that they were referencing from before Um, I will say this uh, the actress who plays her uh, she was one of two actresses that played Susan on Friends uh, which was Ross's uh, ex-wife that turned lesbian Uh, this lady from Seinfeld only played her in one episode and And then it was the actress that from Herman's Head that we all know moving forward and by the way I always know that actress as the lady from Herman's
1: Head. Herman's Head. Huh. Okay. Remember that old, that old, it was like one of the first Fox shows uh, that when Fox launched back in the day. I do not, no. I can guarantee you most of our people don't know what the hell Herman's Head is either. <laughs> I guarantee you they do. So guys
0: and gals, leave no. us a comment on this episode. Who nope. knows about Herman's They're Head? They're with me. Come on.
1: They're with me. They don't know Herman's Head. <laughs> Alright, so uh Kramer apparently snubbed her because uh, you know, she was, eh, she would you refuse to kiss Jerry after three dates, which honestly after three dates, a good night kiss that would make me wanna not date you anymore either, like that would be a. Yeah. Like- yeah, Yeah, I mean, clearly— It's an, ob- an obvious sign.
0: Yeah, it's an obvious sign. If if we're not hooking up after three dates, i well, I'm not, there's... Even, not
1: even asking. You don't have to hook up after three, but, like, not even getting a kiss after three is ridiculous.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I'd I'd say not hooking up after three dates is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> For, I mean, but, no, but uh, like you said, no, like you said, clearly it's an indication that she's yeah, not into Jerry, right.
1: you know? Yeah, 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 true. yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, I hook up quick, Mon- baby. All right, you hook- apparently now. you do. You used to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've I've had times where the hookup took a lot longer than three dates, and other times where it did not. Okay, <laughs> I'm all over the place, man. I'm everywhere. Uh, all right, at uh, at monks, Elaine is upset that she isn't included into the pilot. Gail busts in, and uh, G- you know.
0: Gale busted is wearing a blossom hat.
1: Yeah. Ex- oh my god, it was strange. Like. I didn't... Why did... I have no idea why the <laughs> yeah, hell she wore that. It's almost like she was incognito. Maybe she was, like, I don't know, trying to stalk Jerry or something, and that was part of her uh, her incognito, um, you know... That was wardrobe. just 90,
0: 1993 madness right there. Yeah,
1: true. Uh, and she, uh, you know, tells Jerry that she's upset that Kramer snubbed her, and she uh, she compliments Elaine's on her shoes, which are from Botticelli's, which we've already mentioned, <laughs> um, which... At the end of this conversation, you know, when Gail goes away, Elaine is apparently all embarrassed uh, that, you know, that she was asked about her shoes. Which Elaine's demeanor and her whole thing in this entire episode, I'm just flat out saying I did not like. It didn't make any fucking sense to me. But, like, so she said she was all embarrassed because, like, oh, are those oh the, are those Botticelli shoes or whatever? And, uh, you know, and, and she was like, couldn't you pick up that I was embarrassed? And Jerry's <laughs> like, like, no. No. I guess that's why you're not in the pilot, because you can't write for a woman. A woman, of course.
0: Funny. Know, it's a cause, funny line.
1: Because he says
0: something great. He goes, he goes... I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna say something next, but I have no idea what it's gonna be. And it's so true. This whole entire episode. This was, uh, you know, Myra was kind of watching this one too, but it didn't elicit as much of a response uh, as the previous episode did. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I felt that this was very applicable because I truly have no idea what's going on inside women's heads.
1: No, that's true. We ha- we know nothing about women. Um, we've been them. We were both born from women and we've been around women all of our lives and we're married to women we don't understand them and we never will and that's okay that's and that is okay i've come to that conclusion that yeah. that is okay yeah <laughs> uh, but uh, j- just elaine's elaine's back and forth and that kind of stuff on these the shoe situation befuddles me for oh, sure
0: i have no clue i have no. no clue why she would be upset by it um why I would you buy wife.
1: expensive shoes and then like when people recognize that they're expensive shoes get all upset about it yeah uh-uh. i
0: i no clue no clue at all so yeah and i asked my wife she didn't know either but she also doesn't really buy expensive shoes she's not like a
1: an expensive shoe
0: person so i, I don't think either of us get it
1: <laughs> yeah fair enough all right, we uh, cut to George, who's with his therapist, who is uh, the same therapist that was friends with Elaine, um, we had heard from in a previous episode. Um, and just, I think George has been going to her for a little bit now, the same yeah. one that his mother pays for. Yeah, which is
0: <laughs> a funny, like, recurring sort of thing. Yeah. I think this is uh, third or just the second time we've seen her. But, yeah, it, yeah. I yeah, like her. Like that. I like her. And yeah. I got to say, yeah, well, I'll let you finish the scene out, and then I'll, I'll add what I sure. got to add.
1: Well, he uh, after his session, he asks her about, um, you know, reading the script. And, oh, this is the same one that we saw about, oh, sorry, I was just it just reminded me in my head, I think it was uh, maybe either two episodes ago or three episodes ago, with the button. Yeah. He had the button, or the zipper, the, the zipper, zipper yeah, that couldn't the go the up and down. Same one yeah, with
0: yeah. the zipper, um, yeah, yep. the same one he had to go to, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yep. Sorry,
1: that nothing here or there, just kind of came back in my head. Um, But he, after that session, asked her, oh, if she read the script, she apparently didn't find it humorous. And then we get a little bit of enter of cocky George here, which I wanted to kind of just smack him, um, where he's just like, oh, you didn't find it funny? Well, guess what? Who did? Mr. Russell Dow Ripple and all this kind of shit. And he he cannot take criticism, which she even calls him out on that, which is so true. There, I know I know so many people who can't take criticism, and it bothers the hell out of me. Now, granted, I I everyone has their times when they can't take criticism, and I've had mine too. But you have to learn to yeah. take criticism, especially if you're in an artistic field.
0: Especially if you're in in any kind of creative field. And truthfully I don't do much clearly with my my, my Did you just hit I yourself in the whiskey eye? in my eye? <laughs> You just got whiskey. I'm like, I'm watching Adam on on Skype, like die, and I'm like, what is
1: happening? I went to, I was just like, you know, just looking into like the kind of the clarity of my whiskey, and it apparently moved enough where just like a spurt came right out and right into my eyeball. (laughs) Jesus, like I'm literally watching him roll around in agony. And now that I know
0: what happened, I totally understand. Oh my god, buddy, it still tastes good.
1: <laughs> Still tastes good. Oh. Um, All right, sorry. Yeah, so uh,
0: I was gonna say I, I don't do much with my like my film degree that I got in film uh, school at, at Towson University. Hey, eh? uh, but uh, the, the wait, one wait, thing wait,
1: wait. is that the first time I heard that you've gone to Towson.
0: <laughs> The biggest thing, though, that I took away from it, it really helped break me of um that insecurity that George has. And, and you know, mm-hmm. what? and what actually to the point where, like, you know what, if I give you something to look at and I want honest feedback, if you just hand it to me and say, hey, it looks great, yeah, that doesn't help me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want yep. actual feedback. But, uh, dude, yeah, that's and, – and honestly, I think that's honestly a real reaction on George's part because he is new to the creative – process in the creative field where something Uh, jerry would understand at this point but yeah this is something george does need to get over super super fast now i i will say i do think that the his therapist should not have agreed to read the script Uh, i feel like that kind of over like stepped over a line right
1: yeah 100 percent. that turns it into like a friendship kind of a thing where they need to have that separate um yeah I, i thought
0: that was a bad form on her part
1: yeah yep uh, all right, so uh, at Jerry's place, he uh, ba- Jer- George bashes uh, Elaine's, you know, a- and his therapist um, for not finding it funny. Um, I like how Jerry kind of calls it, oh, well, well, what did you think about the script? And Elaine's kind of evading it. Um, but then in comes Kramer, and he uh, tells Jerry that he kissed Gail Cunningham. The, the woman that Jerry did, took on three dates, uh, Kramer... You know, what right away. But he's Kramer. He, he's Kramer. He, I mean he is smooth, man. He's uh he's got the he's like a Kavorka. Yep. You know, he, he was able to get uh the library woman interested in him right away. I mean he's just he's he's got it. Whatever it is, Kramer's got it.
0: Well, I mean, even George said in the previous episode, you know, Kramer's life is a fantasy camp. He says something like he lists off a bunch of things He's like, you know, falls backwards, doesn't have a job, falls backwards into money and has sex without dating. Like it's like he's his whole life is a fantasy. And here you actually see. Yeah, George is correct. Now, I will say uh, real quick, because I think we sort of went past it. But did you pick up on I think George or Jerry made a
1: reference to Rowan and Martin? Oh, I totally just kind of maybe went over my head. Yeah. Or it, I, yeah I didn't notice. That. I
0: just looked it up and it was a, a comedy show that was on in 1969 with uh, Dan Rowan and Dean Martin. Oh, OK. Uh, that's it. That we know. I know we like to track the, the weird references. Yeah, and, we do, which is good. But yeah. like
1: sometimes they, they really reference some old ass yeah. shit that like who the hell knows this stuff?
0: I, I know. I was like, I I've never even heard of Dan Rowan. Yeah. Of course, so. we've all heard of Dean Martin,
1: though. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Uh, All right. Um, Kramer believes that he, you know, got so lucky with Gale because of the snub. Yeah. and I wrote down
0: his line, which I love it. He goes, yes, I understand women. Like he literally (laughs) (laughs) the snub
1: is what happened.
0: And you know what? I mean, he's kind of. And
1: based on what I know about women, and oh yeah, it's like yeah, try not to make uh, generalizations <laughs> yeah, that I've.
0: Yeah, and based on my experience <laughs> with women, uh, the snub sometimes works. Although George does disagree that the snub doesn't work.
1: Yeah, well, it because if you're snubbing and you're Kramer and you have like all the confidence, confidence that Kramer yes. has, and then if you're snubbing, if you're George and you bring nothing to the table, you're just a dick exactly and then it's just like fuck it who cares like the women aren't going to give a shit about it's it goes back to me it goes back to the the confidence and are they attracted to you and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah and kramer's missing the point yes the snub can work but he's missing the fact that it's his you know it's his ego it's his confidence that actually really does it
1: yeah yeah exactly if i could have only gone back in time and just been like hey Adam, be fucking confident, man. That's really all you got to do. Bro, welcome to every human being ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. If I could have only
0: gone back in time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Invest in fucking Zoom and Amazon yeah, and yeah. all that shit. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, as we... B- sigh. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Kramer brings up that uh, Gail told him about Elaine's shoes, about these, uh, not Bertoli, Bertoli's uh, olive oil, Um, (laughs) Botticelli, (laughs) Botticelli shoes, and, um, and, uh, which pisses her off. She's all upset that, oh, why is Gail talking about my shoes? Which I'm just like, she really takes it, oh my God, she, she goes crazy, you know, about someone talking about her shoes.
0: Yeah. No, and, and. I know where you're going. Like I know why you're not digging on it, but for some reason, I love Angry Elaine. For some reason, and I loved it when mm. she pushes Jerry right into Kramer in this scene. Even yeah. uh, my wife laughed at that one. But for some reason, and I get it. I, I don't know why she's upset, I, but for some yeah. reason, I love. I love riled up Elaine. It, well, I, I should do, say this. I, I don't. Do. I don't love it when she's riled up about like. You know, the 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 human rights stuff, I find it a little bit annoying, uh-huh. but, when, but this, this I find it funny. I don't know See, why. like,
1: when she's riled up and it's like her and, and Frank Costanza going at it, like that's oh, one, yeah. that's probably my all-time, it's probably one of, if not me, my all-time favorite scene in Seinfeld. Yeah. But this just makes so little sense to me. I don't know. It just does. And also, like, it, it, it goes against a lot of the, si- the Elaine that I know later that I feel you know, I just, I just, who, who works in like the, you know, for, for Peterman, Jay Peterman. And like, I don't know. I just, it doesn't make sense to me about why she wants to hide or she's upset about someone talking, which she's honestly not. And that's going to come again later um, in the episode, but whatever. I'm confused about her motivations, but she's all upset and goes to Gail's place of work, who Gail is a chef, which I noticed that that set for that chef looked, looked an awful lot like poppy's restaurant that we're going to see I, later.
0: I thought it was poppy's when I saw it. Yeah, I am with you 100%. Um, did you recognize the sous chef? I did not recognize the sous chef.
1: Our buddy Norman Brenner. <laughs> you got me again, ah. Norman. <laughs> stand in for Kramer. Yep. And stand in for my heart. Yep. <laughs> oh, good one. That's a good <laughs> one, buddy. Yeah, thank good you. One. But, you know, when uh, Gail hands off some food, Elaine sneezes in it terribly like just like oh that's gross like why wouldn't she say something but anyway the pasta primavera heads off and it actually heads, goes to uh our friend uh russell Del Ripple, and he's uh, the one who's eating the pasta primavera so. i
0: i love russell Dal Ripple. i i mm-hmm. forgot the actor's name but i love that guy i don't know why i love every time russell's on the show for some reason i really do well
1: he he is a um I don't know, he's a respectable, intelligent guy that, like, I, I like how he calls out George and Jerry on their bullshit immediately. <laughs> and, and he's respectable enough to be like, yeah, you're right, Russell. Like, yeah, yeah fuck yes. And, and um, I also love the look of
0: disgust on his face when he interacts with George,
1: too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's Bob Balaban, by the way, I, I didn't mention, but yes.
0: And, and every time I see him in anything, he's always Russell Dow Ripple to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, <laughs> um, so he's not feeling well, uh, so he's pretty sick, um, which he thinks is from the pasta primavera. Uh, so George and Jerry go to his place to get some notes on the pilot, and Russell just kind of casually brings up, "Hey, my daughter will be here any minute. I'd like to get movie the sun, and she's 15. He just kind of drops that, which, uh, well, I'll mention it in a second. Um, anyway, Russell keeps I, this. This scene, I think, is a is a really well done thing on um, well one writing, but also editing and timing for comedy. Uh, Cause you know, all that stuff was definitely ADR. Um, you know, they didn't time that out perfectly yeah. in, in the thing they used editing to make sure that it fit perfectly. But there Russell is like about to give them notes. And because he's sick, he runs to the bathroom to start puking. George and, and, and Jerry are all talking like, Oh, I wonder if he liked it and then you hear immediately hear like a puke sound afterwards or and
0: it's so bad like he's he's like yeah.
1: and then he's like oh, oh god oh god
0: and i'm like and i'm like and the funny thing is you know whether i have food poisoning or not that is how i throw up every single time so oh, yeah. i hate throwing up because it's the most violent affair so I totally like even though they were going for like comedic, like, you know, mm-hmm. emphasis, I totally felt for Russell Downhill oh, right there. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, buddy, I know I,
1: how you feel, man. <laughs> I'm sure most of us have had food poisoning by this time in our lives. Um, I certainly have had it a couple times. And it is. It's just like it comes out both ends nonstop. And you just it hurts. And it, to where you like you 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 drink water just so you can throw out something as so as opposed, like if you start like dry heaving and other stuff, like everything you just it feels terrible. Everything feels terrible.
0: Everything feels terrible. I will say this, buddy. I have never, and I'm the only friend that I know of, I have never double endoed in my entire life, and I'm terrified of that concept.
1: Uh yeah, I've never had to. I I mean now oh. Oh, I I but I oh you mean you like done the same at the like, exact same time? Double endo yeah, it no, comes no.
0: like comes out of both ends at the exact same time. I've never had to do that.
1: I've never I was close because I was on the toilet on one end and I just barely finished when I had to turn around and do the next. Like during it was this was during was, a food poisoning. So you, so you almost, almost close. You, so you,
0: technically you did it but you had to like it was like oh my god, you had to turn, It was turn I around. I was
1: sitting down and I have to turn around real quick. I finished that one spot I knew something I had to puke, so I had to turn around and drop to my knees and then puke it out, and then I, then I finished the, the <sighs> cleaning and whatnot.
0: Man, Ed, that is not a good time at
1: all. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I'm sorry for all of our <laughs> listeners. Gross, <laughs> gross talk, but it's real talk. It's real talk. <laughs> so. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I really did enjoy, you know, when they're just kind of talking like, oh, you know, I mean – You know, I wonder what, you know, did he have any notes? Did he, do you think he liked this, uh, you know, the, this one character and then and it's just like, as, as kind of childish as that is, it is really funny writing and it's really good timing on how they placed all that.
0: Oh no, it works. And of course their facial reactions were all a part of it. Um, we should add real quick because it'll come back later. Uh, George makes a reference to another restaurant and how his like cousin used to use the yes. base or something like that as a latrine, something horrible, but I loved one I loved Jerry's reaction to George's story. Just he was flabbergasted. That was literally the only word you can describe as flabbergasted. Uh, and he said it, he, it, he does said come it in later. front of
1: Russell. Yeah, it does come later. And but uh, George said it in front of Russell yeah. so like not, like flippantly that um, it just it's it's just kind of caught off guard kind yeah. of thing. In walks the daughter Molly Dal Ripple, played by Denise Richards, baby <laughs> Denise Richards, who's a gorgeous woman. She was such like a huge hottie from the '90s and like early 2000s. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And even though did she's you, playing a 15 year old, and I was gonna say, did you look up her her age? Yes, yeah, she was right. Around, she was around 21 at the time yeah. of uh, filming. So yeah. she's well legal and or whatever you want to consider it but she at one point she takes off her jacket and jerry just kind of you know uh, notices attractive i don't want to say attractive woman because she's only 15 uh attractive female in the presence nudges uh nudges george to kind of like you know take his peek he does more than a peek he stares he he downright like burns a hole <laughs> <through> that because <laughs> he's staring <laughs> at so hard which you get a great line russell um you know, get a good look, Costanza, uh, yeah. when he's coming back, which is, I mean, this is a, I want to say, an iconic Seinfeld moment, um, just this, this cleavage look and, and uh, the call out from Russell.
0: No, I mean, it it totally is. Um, you know, being 42 and she's supposed to be 15, I was like, oh. Okay, and when i was younger it didn't that didn't seem as big of a deal to me now i'm like oh, they could have still made her 17 and, and it still could have like the punch i the punchline still could have been the same but uh yeah. you know the the, the age aside it, it's such an iconic scene and uh you know denise yeah. richards man i love denise richards always freaking i loved her in starship troopers i love her in wild yeah. things no, she's, she's freaking gorgeous. awesome yeah
1: she's yours and she's fun to watch exactly yeah um But yeah, and not trying to not trying to sound too creepy. Yeah, um, just in a very, I don't know, evolutionary sense. If a guy sees something like that, I'm not going to go and grab a 15 year old's whatever. Yeah, but it's just like. And, and I'm not looking for it. I'm not, but it's just like it's hard not to notice it. But, but even, Jer, I mean, we'll just
0: talk about it now. But even Jerry says it later to Elaine. He's like, "It's bi, it's biological. It's it's molecular. Like we can't yeah. not look, you know." And and the thing is, I will say this: the joke lands, you know. Even with her being it, 15, it probably and,
1: it lands a lot more for guys,
0: though. And it doesn't actually feel that creepy. It, you would think it yeah. would, but it's because. I think it's because we know that George and Jerry are so harmless as human beings mm. that it that I think that's the only way that you can pull this off without it being creepy. Like if they tried to pull this joke off in like the first season, we wouldn't have known that George and Jerry were like not that bad of that. guys. You know, I think it works now because of the backstory that we have with them.
1: Fair enough. You know what? And and we know. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. They are harmless, harmless kind of dudes. And you know nothing is going further from this and all that kind of shit where – yeah, even if yeah. it was like a – even if it was like a Kramer, I don't know if it would have landed the same.
0: Right, and because the sleazy version of it would have been if one of them – if George, like, hit on her or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. But, but even, George, yep. even George leering the way he did, he never had any intention of hitting on her because he knew that would be wrong, but I guess not looking. Yeah. I don't know. We now, might be digging ourselves into a hole. I don't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. let's <laughs> stop talking about that. Let's talk about um of-age cleavage, not yes. underage cleavage. I wholeheartedly agree with Jerry and I'm sure you do too. You know, we all know you cannot stare into the sun like that. You have to just you have to soak up your glance, just take a real quick and then use your brain memory, use your long-term memory to just kind of keep it in there as long as you need and that's that. Because the fear of getting caught is not worth it. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean,
0: so <laughs> I know it's, it's take your a, pick,
1: take your glance, but you got to move away real fast.
0: I mean, Jerry even says in the next scene, he goes looking at cleavage. is like looking at the sun. He's like, you don't look right at it. It's too dangerous. You get, he's like, you get a sense of it. Then you look away. And you know yeah. what? Even my wife agreed with that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think, I mean, women don't want to, they don't want to be oogled at or ogled at whatever, however you pronounce it. Um, most women don't. Some some probably women do. But, like, you know, they don't want to feel like it's a creepy thing. So if they're wearing their low-cut stuff, like, and, you know, part of it is, oh, wow, they're looking to show it off. I'll take my glance and move on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, my wife was referring to the fact of, like, when she looks at cleavage, she can't look too long. She oh. just look away. But that, too. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Why This Film Podcast looks back at the movies of your childhood. Join me, Emily Slade, each week as I step back in time to revisit the films that you grew up with. Maybe you haven't seen it for a while. Maybe you've watched it every day since you were eight. Maybe you totally forgot it existed. Whatever the movie, I'm here to go back with you, through nostalgia untold and memories unnumbered. Together, we'll ask, why this film? Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh hey, 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 Tim. Uh, This isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey, And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want, this is what you get.
1: Hello, everybody, I'm Adam Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? (laughs) Like Stitcher? Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget ones. And now, back to the show. Kramer and uh, Gail are there in the hallway, and she's all upset at Elaine for, you know, coming in and, um, you know, getting upset at her at her restaurant. Um, She drops that Elaine, you know, must have sneezed on somebody's post primavera. That's what she thinks, which is kind of like, uh, you know, they kind of realize what the hell happened. Um, But uh, Jerry then gets a call, and it's Russell or it's not Russell. It's it's someone from NBC it's, who it's, apparently... I think it was
0: Kenny or one... Yeah, I think it was one something of the, like that. the executives.
1: Yeah, not Susan. Not Because nope, she got fired. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> she got fired thanks to George. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I I think it was Mr. Kenny from Robocop is probably who you uh, talked prob- to. <laughs> okay. Um, but Russell apparently cancelled the pilot. So they then kind of get this idea of like, oh man, you know... Because uh, Elaine's there as well and they're talking about this whole cleavage stuff. And... You know, they have the idea of like, oh if, if if they can show him that you know looking at cleavage is uh you know, it's hard not to look at. it is that distracting. Maybe they'll you know get him to kind of realize you know their 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 mistake and then bring it back. So um, they're going to have Gail call them the next time that uh, that that he's at the restaurant. But she says she wants Elaine's shoes. Well and, and, and the happen. the funny part was is that mm. before they decide on
0: Elaine, they were like, ah it's not it can't but you know, someone not Elaine and Elaine's standing uh, like yeah. right there.
1: <laughs> and she's like, What what? <laughs> you know? It was <laughs> they it didn't, was they didn't, funny. It was funny because they, they kind of dance around the fact that I'll say, um, Elaine isn't busty, and that's kind of what their whole, their kind of, I feel is part of the joke. Is they're like, oh, it's got to be someone, but not Elaine. They're kind of what, like, sexifying her, but also, I think it's also kind of like a, ah, she's really not busty enough to do this. And Elaine's like, fuck you, yes I am. And it's and, all, I mean, you know,
0: and and also like, I think it's it shows that you know they don't look at her that much like as a sexual being. She's she's one of the <laughs> at this point yeah. she's kind of one of the guys, you know.
1: Yeah. Yep. I wholeheartedly agree but boy it um, is <laughs> yeah well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: oh i I love this episode by the way,
1: <laughs> but I do like uh that George tries to give a little guilt trip to uh, Elaine right here <laughs> uh about' I don't know oh you know i got my mother in the hospital which Elaine kind of calls back um oh because uh she saw you a little a little, a little yeah, jer- uh. yeah and in the, the 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 um the subtitles
0: actually it, it they put j e r and then kind of dash i was like ah guys you you almost got it in there (laughs) yep
1: a throw a throwback uh, to the contest uh which is really nice so um at the restaurant gail calls quickly apparently russell is there george and jerry go and talk to him um you know they're trying to you know uh, just kind of smooth things over enter elaine who is in this very, very, this is like an ultra push-up bra and a low-cut dress trying to super-emphasize emphasize her cleavage. Mm. Um, and at first, you know, he's not really looking. He's looking down at other stuff. And it's kind of funny, even just like kind of seeing her at the table behind, just kind of like, I see her like trying to drop crumbs into her chest. With like <laughs> the breadsticks and all. It's kind of funny. Um, and at first, he's not looking, but eventually he does look up. And when he looks up, he looks up hard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that had so many
0: uh, connotations right there. But, yeah. but bro, yes. I, and I loved, I mean, first off, Elaine looked amazing. And this scene is <laughs> always forever burned into my retinas. But I love, you know, Jerry and George's reaction, too. Because at first, they're also like, oh, wow. But then mm-hmm. when when Dow Ripple does see, I like how they're like, yep, yeah, we yeah. got gotcha. you. <laughs> we know. It. And it's one of those, like, uh, this this little thing, this thing with her cleavage and everything, I, I feel like it was a little bit sitcom-y, convoluted. I like meaning like oh, yeah. I don't feel like it would happen in normal life. And Seinfeld doesn't do that too often. They what? don't do convoluted kind of sitcom things. But boy oh boy, to get to to see Elaine in that outfit, yeah. I'll take any kind of convolution to get. And there. you're
1: right. They don't do that kind of convoluted stuff, and they even make fun of it and call themselves out on it in this scene, basically. So uh, Russell kind of says, okay, all right, you know, whatever. He doesn't say it, but, like, the pilot's going to be back on, yes. yes. Um And apparently Elaine's going out with him as well, which we're going to come back to later. That's going to be a kind of a big plot point. But Elaine then pitches, you know, oh, how can we get him into get her into the pilot and she says oh maybe it's my cleavage uh or you know lane's cleavage and kind of distracts the 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 butler or whatnot which is actually going to be kind of part of it she she does become like a love interest for the butler and the pilot which we'll see but jerry even says oh i don't know a sitcom that does that kind of humor like do we really want to be that it's too broad it was a is exactly it was a very meta spot because they obviously just did that right And, and this they don't typically do that kind of shit but you know what it really worked yeah. And it really worked with them kind of calling themselves out.
0: Yep. So. yep. It'll, I think it always works when you sort of call out what you're, you know, you're referencing. And, of course, you can't just, like, all of a sudden look at the camera and say it. It, it only works if you incorporate it, you know, into some sort of organic way. But I, I like that. I do like that. Yep. And then, of course, I think she mentions that Dow Ripple's going to take her to some – the restaurant that George mentioned that Bouchard's. I guess the, – Yeah, there you yeah, go. And one. then they – what does George say? I
1: recommend you uh, – eating the bisque bouillé yeah, or something yeah, yeah not not the not the, the base. yeah um it's which it's, is which is the yeah
0: it was it's a joke that was wrapped up but honestly like it was late earlier and then wrapped up here but i kind of felt like it sort of went over my head a little bit i thought it was a little too highbrow it
1: was, maybe it was very i don't know it was it was pretty low played earlier on and it definitely wasn't highbrow um but it was i don't know it was it was low played enough to where it's just like eh I, I would have been fine if they just cut that joke completely, but that's how they thats how they ended the show, basically. Um, I, I guess I call it highbrow yeah. because I don't know what the, what, the, the foods is? that they're referencing, you oh. know? Like,
0: I don't know what that is, yeah. so I'm assuming it's some kind of rich, fancy food.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Booyah Base, technically, in case you're curious, is traditional it's like a french it's a fish stew oh um from france from marseille so it's a french food okay um but it's basically yeah like a stew thing and i think we've as
0: we've established before i'm uncultured swine so i have no clue what that is what <laughs> yeah. any, any, these things are <laughs>
1: fair enough so uh then to actually wrap us out we have a stand up on cleavage and shoes <laughs> the mean. entire you know <laughs> thing that we just saw everything
0: yeah. oh this is very applicable uh, not just from the show, but, you know, in real life, too. He goes, uh, men are obsessed with cleavage, and women are, women are obsessed with shoes. Uh, it's the same for both sexes. It doesn't matter how many times we've seen these things. Uh, every time these objects are presented to us, we have to look. That's so true. Uh, well, I don't know for shoes, but for cleavage, yes. Uh, he's <laughs> like, we cannot not look. To men, and this is, of course, we see this before, this is where the, the comedy kind of falls down. He goes, to men, cleavage is the closest thing to a nearby by UFO landing. For women, if they buy a pair of shoes they love, it's uh, the closest thing is to boarding the alien ship. I think it's entirely possible that aliens have landed and we and they haven't been able to get our attention because we're so preoccupied with cleavage and shoes. I I like how he ends it with Uh, that, but I don't understand what he meant by, so uh, for men, a UFO is like cleavage landing, but then women getting the shoes like going on the UFO. That middle part was stupid, but the two parts, the bookends
1: were very applicable. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, yeah, the, the alien stuff's just like, where the, where the fuck did that come from? I, yeah, and I was like, I th- felt
0: like I needed more explanation yeah. of what he was thinking about.
1: Yeah. The yeah. setup was like, oh, this is sounding like a very classic Seinfeldian-style joke. Like, oh, man, what's the deal with women and shoes? Like, that kind of thing. Yeah. And what's the deal with men and cleavage? And then it's just like, it kind of goes, it, it, it just goes in a real off direction.
0: Yeah, with the whole UFO thing. And I get yeah. what he's
1: saying, like, oh, they're here, but we've,
0: all, we've been too preoccupied with these two things. But it just, it wasn't that strong, especially after the, the previous episode, which I loved the stand-up for. Mm-hmm. And you were a little yeah, lukewarm on it. But I, I just thought this one kind of fizzled out very hardcore. Yep.
1: All right, let's uh, go into our final thoughts on the episode. I'll start this one off. Um, I thought this was another decent episode, pretty similar to the last one. Um, You get a classic moment with the cleavage in here. I mean, cleavage is classic. What can I say? (laughs) At least the Seinfeld. Denise Richards' cleavage is classic. Uh, Uh, Elaine's cleavage is is classic to me, man. Uh, There you go. Um, I honestly did not care for the Gale character and any of that kind of stuff, and I'm not upset that she does not come back to the show at all. Um, Totally fine with that. This wasn't a super standout episode to me, but I did find it to have decent writing. I liked that they tried to bring everything back, you know, even with that final joke that I don't think, like, the Booyah-based joke really landed all that great. Um, but I do like that they tried and they did the, the stuff writing back. Um, yeah, I, I also, man, I whatever it is, I love the stuff that ties around the pilot I, I I typically do I just, I just feel I do because I like I'm, I'm I'm excited to get to the pilot because I feel like I remember loving that one me too and so I hope I hope it 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 really does land like it is going to in my head, um, but in general I felt this was a very middle of the road decent episode. Had some strong moments. Had the majority of it I thought was just okay. And so I kind of gave it that middle of the road. Same as the last week. Honestly, I gave it three out of five Pasta Primavera's.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll just because to talk about it, I, I feel the same way. Um, it's interesting to note that the last two episodes have been solid, but, but the thing is, yeah. they're not bad though. So that's, that's not been bad. nice. The second half of the season has been real nice that we haven't had yet so far any sort of like deep lows like we had at the beginning of the season. But for the most part, I mean, I enjoyed the cleavage, both Elaine's and <laughs> Denise Richardson's. And, uh, and of course, i i i love uh russell dow ripple so i love seeing him too yeah. and i have fond memories for the pilot so i'm like i'm 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 with you i'm like ramping up to get to the pilot i'm getting excited mm-hmm. about it i'm i'm happy that we're we're heading in that direction and there's nothing bad about this episode it's not you know the strongest one ever made but you know it it lands it does its job and it it gets out you know it doesn't overstay its welcome and i'll give this
1: uh Three point five Botticelli shoes, right
0: out of uh, out of five.
1: Yeah. So actually, yeah. So we both had our exact same ratings uh, from the last episode, uh, the last episode yeah. as this one. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. But hey, you know what? I'm glad that they're not a, a two or a one, man. Like, like yeah. it's it's like you know we're now living in a post contest world, so we can see what the height of what Seinfeld can sort mm-hmm. of achieve, and maybe maybe without the contest, we would have thought these were better, but. Man, it's nice that they're not fucking twos or
1: ones, you know? Yeah. You know it'll never be a two or a one in my mind? And that's an episode of Podcasting After Dark. Oh, <laughs> so funny. how about you? How about you tell us all about Pad? <laughs> Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that setup.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, me and our pal Zach, uh, we have a podcast called Podcasting After Dark, where we talk about cult movies from the seventies, eighties, and early nineties. Uh, movies like The Stuff, Night of the Comet, uh, or but we'll also dive into like the adventures of Ford Fairlane and. Uh, of New York with Christopher Walken, and uh, you know we have all kinds of cool stuff there. But uh, we also have a couple sub shows there called like Podcast After Dark Watch List, where we had Adam Adam's brother John on there just recently. Not Adam, you did not have him. me on there yet. Fuck that guy. Fuck that Adam guy. <laughs> you obviously hate talking to me. I obviously hate you, buddy. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's fun. And uh, I just do... want to say
1: you're still on my in my phone as Jeff's friend. So that fuck I... you. <laughs>
0: And that is a reference to, like, season one conversation that you and I had. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's fun. And we do stuff like interview uh, people from those movies. Um, right now, uh, for free, you can listen to our interview with Jeanette Goldstein, uh, who played Vasquez in Aliens. Uh, you know, the, the yeah. awesome lady with the heavy machine gun. The Smart Machine Gunner. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. And uh, you can hear me um, occasionally
1: on the Blast From Our Past podcast. And why don't you tell us about that one, my friend? Well, the Blast From Our Past podcast is very similar to Podcasting After Dark, except we aren't doing, like, the real cult classics, what me and my brother do, John. We talk about a little bit more of, like, the uh, bigger, well-known nostalgic shows and, and, and TV, or TV shows and movies from the 80s, 90s, and sometimes even the 70s. Um, so we're doing the things like uh, we recently had Mac and me out. Uh, we had Balto. We talked about the mummy with our good friend Emily Slade from the Why This Film podcast. Which is now part of the Bfop Network. That's right.
0: Why this film with Emily Slade is a part of the BFOP Network. And, uh, BeFop! BeFop! And uh, we're so happy to have her. She has a great show. If you guys have not listened to it, I've been on an episode talking about Tron. Adam and, was it just you or mm-hmm. was it you and John We're on there me, talking about TnH. Both, both me and John. Yeah, talking, talking about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, she, she if, if you like nostalgia, which we know you guys do, we all do, right? It's it's our happy place these days. And uh, she's got a great show where she just talks to people about their favorite movie. It's a simple premise, but her energy is so fantastic. And if you want an example of that then listen to the mummy episode of the blast from our past podcast and she just she killed it man i i love that episode it's one of the best episodes you guys have produced she's she's absolutely fantastic and uh man we are so lucky to have yeah. her
1: absolutely emily is fantastic she, i was going to say she ripped me a new one in our uh, fan casting sec- portion of that episode where she just does not agree with me and if you guys know me I'm pretty loud, and I'm pretty vocal about my own thoughts, and it's kind of fun, because my brother is usually more of like, eh, he's he's a quieter kind of guy. He'll he'll go with the flow. John will kind of go with the
0: flow and everything.
1: He's not very... I get riled up between the two of us. Um, Emily... She matches my energy, <laughs> yeah. and honestly,
0: it was awesome. Oh, it was great, and it, it, no, take nothing away from John. I, I love yeah, John. Yeah. he's, well, he's but, great. But she was a lot of fun on that episode, and uh, yeah. definitely, guys, go check that one out. And uh, while you're out there, if you if you're liking what we're what we're doing, you know, go check out the ongoing comic book discussion podcast with our pal Tess. Uh, check out Friday Five with Brent and Eric. Check out Talking Back with uh, Tim and Dean. We have a, a, a check out um, Throwback Trivia Takedown. With, with mm-hmm. Adam and John. We have a nice, fun little uh, network here of, of nostalgic podcasts that uh, yeah. it's kind of growing. So if, if you like what we're doing, check those out. And you can find all of those shows. Each one of them has their own individual page on the BFOP Network website, and that's BFOPNetwork.com. That's BFOPNetwork.com,
1: also known as be fop <laughs> now Corey, if you're looking for older episodes of Cartwright what you should be doing is checking out our patreon page because we systematically each season um, we will archive our older stuff to put on our patreon page you know we've got a lot of there's a lot of things to, to, to pay for and whatnot for this kind of stuff but you know if you want to go back and listen to our older episodes, It's $1 a month. That's all it costs to go listen to our older content. Or if you're just now starting this and you just listen to this episode and be like, oh, wow, I want to start Seinfeld from the beginning with these guys, you can. So just check out patreon.com slash cartwright, and you can find out all of our previous episodes. And whenever we finish up season four... You know, we will be closing out Season, season 3, three yep. as the free one, and then, you know, people will need to listen to that Yeah, one. So, the,
0: the game plan is to have yeah. two episodes, two seasons, or, like, like one full season, and then the season we're working on live mm-hmm. on all the free feeds. And then as we move forward, they'll just start, you know, falling back. Now, I do keep a couple episodes, like, I'll keep all the wrap-ups um, free, yep. even on Patreon, because I don't kind of insert commercials into those. And, uh, and of course, that's another thing, you, you get all the episodes uh, completely commercial-free. On the Patreon. Oh my page. God!
1: All that for just a dollar? <laughs>
0: it's yeah, but yeah as Adam said, it's to help you know keep the server costs. That's really what it boils down to. Uh, there's nothing free online, and uh, anytime you have to put something online, it costs money, and it just helps keep us uh, up and running. That's it. We're not uh, not asking for anything more. Just uh, keep us going. That's it. So for Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, I'm Corey and I'm Adam. And next week we will be talking about the outing.